0: Trex Warrior is a 3D arena blaster straight out of Germany. It's Amigos, episode 317. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Trex Warrior. hmm now, Aaron, you've spent some time in the arena before.
1: That's true. That's true, Boat. And have um, you. So, I mean, you've been you've uh, fought uh, uh, in in the arena before.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, tell me about your. We've heard about all of your humiliating defeats as a as a as a karatika, as yeah. they say. Yeah. Um Tell me about your most stunning victory. <clears throat>
1: well, you know, I, I uh, most of my defeats were were. If style, grace, memorization of a kata were involved, that would be the humiliating defeat. But in actual kumite, yes. you know, just like Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. listen, I, it was a mixed bag. I'll be honest with you, Bo. But I, I did come out on top occasionally. I've got what two, was your, what was your, what was your coup de gras? I will. got two third places, you mm-hmm. know, and I got jobbed out of both those, by the way, well, and the jobbed out of a fourth place, yeah. the old coin, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But no, you know the here's the problem uh no matter how much karate you teach to like a big lumbering oaf you can only go so far you know so yeah yeah part
0: of, so when you won those fights like what was your you had to have had like a finishing move i mean i'm not saying that you slammed somebody but i mean what did you always what was the what was the you knew you were going to get a point if you could connect with this
1: well i really my i had the same st- the same strategy in like every fight all right mm-hmm. so uh, the the judge had you on the lines, right? And then right. he'll he'll be like, Hajime. Right? And, and then you and then you go at it, right? Well, I had I knew I couldn't outspeed anybody because I'm a big fat guy. Even back in those days, so I would rear way back, mm-hmm. coiled like a like a like a viper. Cobra. Yeah, that's right. And then I would seriously I would shoot off my back foot and have my knee up, like oh up gosh. at my side, and have my yeah. guard up like this. No, my knee would be tucked upward, right? Not yeah. forward, like cigar. What that was was the old protection racket. Mm. And then my goal was to ram the opponent. And then why it was stunned, because my weight and girth, and that's when I just start un, just unload on it with yeah. everything I got. Now, here's the trick. I had an ace up the old sleeve, right? Sometimes they survived the initial attack, right? Mm-hmm. I hated people that did that. Mm -hmm. My backup plan, and I can only use this in certain tournaments because it was banned in a lot of tournaments, was the old flip kick to the groin. But one of my personal (laughs) favorites. Hey, listen. You know, my sensei told me one time, he goes, listen, big fat guy should never kick above the waist. And I took Mm -hmm. that to heart. He's not wrong. You Mm -hmm. know, I know my limitations. Sure. I mean, I could kick above the waist. But the time my foot got up there, you could could write a sonnet. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? You got plenty of time. So the old flip kick to the groin. Now I, I'm not, I, really I, I'm not I. familiar
0: with the flip kick.
1: Well, we we used to use this thing called the uh, Niko Hashidashi stance, cat that? stance. Yes, that's right. You're familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would, uh, if my initial strike didn't work, I would kind of back off. You know, like to, like maybe they thought I was tired. Mm-hmm. And then when they came charging in like an idiot, that's when I execute the flip kick. Oh, which is My Just front like leg to the girl. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. One. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What about that's you with move. the swords? What's your angle?
0: Well, in the swords, we rarely engage in the kumite. But when I am, uh, but when I'm in the ring, you know, uh, which my next tournament's coming up November 13th, be there. Uh, where's roundhouse kick, roundhouse kick. That's, that's, where's the, that's where's the
1: tournament at?
0: It's at the, uh, the same place the, uh, the jujitsu tournament was. The, uh, So, the Church of the Nazarene up there in St. Albans. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: funny how many churches host these violent affairs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You ever notice that? (laughs) But yeah, roundhouse kick. And I'll tell you why. Because approximately 15 seconds into the match, I'm extremely winded and I can't do anything of value, but I can sling my leg out there. And I got pretty long legs and I can kick pretty hard. Now,
1: do your tournaments, what are they contested under like karate rules or jujitsu rules? It's it's karate. There's no groundwork. There's no groundwork.
0: You're allowed to throw. Uh, but you are not, you know, once you throw, you just punch, it's just a punch and then a ki. eye, you know, can you, you got, drop you the big
1: elbow on him if you want to, or you, you, a leg yeah, drop? They're, one, one, like the once,
0: they're on, once they're on the ground, you can do it. You can do a controlled stomp or a controlled punch, but that's it. But I like that. A, controlled no, stomp. Uh, but for me, my goal is to execute at least one throw on my next, um, uh, you know and so that, that's that's what I, that's what i'm hoping for How many i did pretty have
1: you well in tournament pl- before today Not
0: before. zero zero throws
1: what is your what's your go-to throw a little hip toss maybe a little uh arm to- arm no, drag it's,
0: it's, it's a it's the old uh major outer reap where you grab their collar and yeah. then you, you do that thing and, they, and take them I,
1: down what so. i would say here's what i'd like to see you do in tournament all right and i i think this would be awesome
0: oh Sodagari. that's what, what you,
1: you do called. is i is you do it you uh Give the guy something where you double him over, then you mm-hmm. jump up, bam! Canadian destroyer. Well, what right I could do is the, uh,
0: that is a good idea. They call it a rice bag reversal throw, where you double him over, you grab their head under. I had to do that on my last test.
1: Yeah, but this what I'm talking about. It's a flipping DD or flipping pile driver. That's what I want to see you do. The
0: flipping. Oh yeah, I know. I've not attempted a pile driver. I'm not sure if that's in the curriculum or not. That's.
1: <laughs> Tell the sensei you overlooked something. The master missed that back in the day. This may, You know, this kind of gets me fired up to go fight until I realize that I'd be instant murdered. So, yeah, fighting days are over, Boat.
0: Well, I'll tell you what's not over, Aaron, and that's Amiga Addict. Amiga Addict is new it's current over with me, Amiga boat. news with all of the fixings, Aaron, all the fixins. And this week we're taking a spotlight on the most current issue, July 2021, and looking at an article about the Competition Pro Extra USB uh, joystick
1: by the one,
0: the only, Duncan Styles. Look how good
1: Dunk looks right there. He looks like a rock star or something.
0: Listen, he looks like the third Bitmap Brother is what he (laughs) looks like.
1: (laughs) That's a burial, isn't it? No, it's not. Don't you hate the Bitmap Brother? I do.
0: He could be the cool Bitmap Brother, the one cool (laughs) one. Um, So... You know, Amiga Addict is packed with information. I was scanning through all 60 plus pages uh, looking for something we could talk about this issue. And I, I came across three or four articles right away. I was like, well, we definitely need to talk about this. But I decided that since we haven't really covered any hardware stuff on our, these uh, Amiga Addict ads that we're doing, we should talk about this. Now, Aaron, I know... That your joystick of, of of choice is the old Epix XJ five thousand or XJ five hundred, otherwise known as the Conic Speed King, you
1: got over down in right Europe. Yeah.
0: But I will say that the Competition Pro is probably the most well known joystick, at least over in the UK and in you ever I have. I used one of these over in Amiga Ireland. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna lie to you, Aaron. I thought it was pretty garbage.
1: No, yeah. What's wrong? You didn't like the taste? I, it's, it's,
0: it's, <laughs> I, I, it was. You know, maybe it was old. It was a lot like that command control Wico stick that you made me use. It's you Wico. It upon it's me. Wico,
1: not we- Wico. No. Listen.
0: You say it wrong, I'll say it the correct way. So, um, killing me. now I will tell you this I think that this thing has, uh, they, they've replaced, and it's possible that you know maybe some of these did come with micro switches, but I don't think the one that I used over in Ireland did. This new one definitely has micro switches. Uh, so, uh, you know, Duncan says that it's good, but it's a little bit noisy. It does retain the both left and right fire buttons, so if you're left-handed or right-handed, it doesn't matter. Um, and, of course, it is USB uh, compatible, so you can use a USB adapter with your real Amiga if you want to, or you plug it right into your uh, Amiga emulator and go to town. Or you your can mister. even plug it into yeah. the uh, upcoming Amiga Mini 500 when it oh. is uh, released here next year.
1: Yeah, good point, Bo. Yeah, these I've never got to use one of these ever in my whole life. Yeah. I've never even seen one uh, up, uh, you know, in person to held in my hand. Mm-hmm. You just never, mean,
0: yeah, I've never seen one around here, but yeah, over at Amiga yeah. Ireland, it seemed like every other table had one of these things.
1: So. What you need to do is cover it in that dead skin rubber that I like on my <laughs> <Wico>. Man, that, <laughs>
2: the wicko. Man,
1: because you got ultimate stick, grip. Yeah. That's Ultimate true. grip on that. That's
0: true. I'm surprised that more sticks didn't come in that sort of you know cadaver flesh. Um, so yeah, it Aaron, good
1: for keyboards too, but Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: so in closing, Amiga addict. It's, a, it's Britain's best-selling active of Amiga Magazine. Uh, it can be yours. It, it's released every month. You can check it out over at Amiga-Addict.com. We appreciate Amiga Addict and thank them for being an official sponsor of Amigos. Yes. Aaron, it's been a busy week in the world of Amiga news. Shall we check out what's on the headlines?
1: Yes, let's do it, Boat. Amiga
0: News.
1: All right,
0: all right, Aaron. Right out of the gate, we have a new video from a friend of the show, amigo supporter Chris Edwards. He is talking about how to flash and erase Amiga EPROMs. Now, Aaron, you check this out. What's the lowdown on this video?
1: Well, listen, I would never try it. You know, because the way I flash does involves a raincoat. You know what I mean? Mm, yes. But uh, Chris and a jail this. <laughs> what is that a jailbreak offense now? <laughs> Was it ever not a jailable? I don't know. Never (laughs) really thought about it. But uh, by the way, look at the cool robot that Chris has on his on his desk. There, I I love those. Uh, Anyway, yeah, he gives you the full skinny, brother. Uh, Chris has a bunch of uh, videos out. Uh, He he releases these things like clockwork, and uh, always a good time. Uh, He uh, goes through it. He he goes through the whole uh, the whole bit here. You know, we used to do uh, we used to burn. EEPROMs when I worked at Lexmark for the printers, you know. And uh, it's amazing how uh, many of the, ti- how many times you botched the job that. I mean, I've seen some, you put a botched up EEPROM in something, and you get some weird results, buddy. Mm. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> it's some strange stuff. But uh, yeah, Chris knows what he's doing. He's an old school geek type. He reminds me, he's sort of a he's like a more skilled version of me. A lot more skilled and a lot more gutsy. I wouldn't try half this stuff. But he gets in there and gets it done. Good stuff, and uh, I highly advise you give this a whirl, but especially if, the, if you're getting into this sort of thing, way out of our league. But we don't we don't play in this realm.
0: Absolutely. All right, moving on down the line, uh, we have uh, another video. This is actually from a very popular YouTuber uh, out of Germany. Uh, this is Jan Beta, and uh, he oh, is yeah yeah yeah, yeah and uh, he is actually taking a look at an Amiga 1200 that was saved from the flood. Aaron. I'm sure you recall the catastrophic floods that happened in Germany earlier this summer.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, You know, it's amazing how many floods, everyone's getting a taste of the flooding, man. It sucks. It's horrible, but Germany really got nailed.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so Jan goes through this video and he he takes an A1200 that's just been ravaged by the storm and lovingly, brings it back to life. This is just part one of a multi part series of videos. But uh but Jan <laughs> it
1: doesn't look uh, too bad in there. This one yeah. looks like now the keyboard, holy smokes. Yeah. That's where you're gonna get hosed. Absolutely. And of course if, if if it's in there for too long. By the way, Doug has has corrected us it's Yod.
0: Listen, I'm saying <laughs> it as Jan just to make Doug upset. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't want to you don't want to make Jan mad. Jan's used to it. Me and Jan go way back. So oh, anyway,
1: I didn't know that. If you
0: want to see Jan take this thing apart, put it back together, it, listen. If you're not subscribed to this guy's channel already, you need to be because he does all kinds of cool retro stuff. Uh, make sure you check it out. And uh, you know he's doing the Lord's work, bringing back Amigas from from the dead for sure.
1: I didn't know you watched this guy's stuff. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, I'm he's all impressed. over the
0: Twitter. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He does he does some crazy stuff.
0: All right. Let's move on, Aaron, to some gaming news, huh? Okay. So there is a new, what's well, it's not a new, it's a recently released dungeon crawler for the Amiga. Uh, it's called Blade. And uh, this is, uh, it's a follow-up. I guess this game was originally supposed to come out pretty late in the Amiga's life. Um, it's, I think it was originally released in 1996. It was supposed to come out, but it, it, it was, it was dogged by development challenges. And then of course the Amiga sort of died. So, uh, but anyway, it's come back. This is a sequel to a game called Hilt. Aaron, did you ever play Hilt?
1: I've never even heard of that one, Bo. No, like a lot no. You.
0: This is the type of game that looks like, uh, if you are into maybe like the gold box series of D and D and stuff like that, it's one of those isometric three quarter adventure type games. Your favorite. Uh, yeah i I can't get enough of these things but this is you know it's it's called a dungeon crawler maybe you do go into a dungeon that's what Neil calls it on this indie retro news article but uh it's it's a lot of sort of above ground exploration at least from the video kind of reminiscent of maybe the Lord of the Rings game that we played uh-huh. uh, a year or so ago so uh but yeah uh, if you're interested you can follow the development of this. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Of course, always check out Indie Retro News for the hottest uh, new game action for old systems.
1: You know, I'm looking at this, and this looks like I, I listen. This is not my bag, and I doubt it's yours. But I know, no. I know for a fact, there's a lot of people out here would be uh, like, love it on this. This looks like it's right up their alley. The, I'm just yeah. looking at the way the guys move around, the mm. way you move stuff, the way it looks. So yeah, yeah, uh, that will be interesting to, keep, to uh, keep an eye on.
0: So, Aaron. We come at last to Retro Rewind. Aaron, you love Retro Rewind. I love Retro Rewind. Uh, They are your one-stop source for all your Commodore-related needs. Whether you have an Amiga, a C64, or even if you're one of the few people that enjoys playing on their Commodore 16... You can find what you need at Retro Rewind. They offer recap services. They offer uh, restoration services if you've got ports that need redone, reflows, anything like that. Plus, they offer a whole bunch of chips. Speaking of EEPROMs, they got EEPROMs out the wazoo. I'm sure Chris mm. Edwards uh, probably ordered his EPROMs direct. From Frank and the boys over at Retro Rewind, they got the Kung Fu Flashcart. They got all your diagnostic tools, uh, guys. If you have not checked out Retro Rewind and you are looking for a quality establishment to order new hardware for your classic Commodore computers, look no further. Check them out, and guess what? You can save ten percent off any order just by using the code Amigos ten at checkout.
1: Let me just say this about Retro Rewind, uh, and and but we've we've been at this for a while now. Uh, and uh, we've seen a lot of these places come and go. uh, But uh, Frank uh, at Retro Rewind, I can tell you without hesitation that I recommend his service. Uh, It's quality. I recommend him as a quality person, and I think that he will take care of you. Uh, And if you're in North America in particular, uh, he he is a good guy to go to. Uh, He is very skilled, and he is very knowledgeable, and he knows what he's up to. So give him a shot.
0: Yes, yes. All right. So, Aaron, it's time. It's time. I wish they would have named this game Trex in Effect after one of the greatest bands of all time. Remember old I, Rex in Effect?
1: No. I think every time I see the name of this game, I think of T-Rex. You know, bang a gong?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. could think about that. Really, T-Rex, um, Mark and, uh and Rex in Effect are almost the same group. I think that they did a couple records together. So... <laughs> Aaron, let's talk about Trex Warrior.
1: Trex Warrior. You know, uh, what do you think of this, Bo? Is this one you touched on in the past?
0: Never. Never heard of this one.
1: Now, I'll tell you, I knew I I recognized this because we came across this during one of my streams once, but the funny thing is, I only remember the opening. Like, I Mm. never actually played the game. It is
0: a striking opening.
1: Well, it's it's unusual with yeah. with the uh, with the with the drops. It's a very demo ish mm-hmm. opening, you know. And this game has a full uh, uh, story that comes before the game even gets underway. I, but you you mentioned to me. You this is the first time you've given this one a whirl. Yeah. Uh, so and me too, game wise. So, Trex Warrior, the full title, Trex Warrior, twenty second century gladiator, uh, is the name of this particular offering. Uh, Released in '91 on one disc, uh, published by Thalion and presumably developed in-house by them. Um, the here's a wacky thing about this game: if you were pretty, if you were in the UK or pretty much anywhere else that got magazines, this game was given away on a on a uh, magazine cover. But, wow, full
0: game was given yeah, away. Yeah, it
1: was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was the uh, the one uh august 1993 and then apparently it was also given away again and eventually in germany and amiga Fun 94 now this was i know for a fact this was sold in germany uh, at full price by the way because i saw some people complaining about the fact that they had paid uh they had paid full price for this thing and it wasn't cheap i I did the conversion on it and it was like i mean it was a full price it was over 30 bucks yeah uh so it was a full price game now, why they chose to? I tried to find out why you would give a game away that you would, that you sold money,
0: money, Aaron. The one
1: paid them a bunch of cash.
0: The one probably paid them more than they would make if they offered it for sales. I mean, just think about the amount of piracy on the Amiga.
1: Well, yeah, uh, the uh, you know I didn't think of it that way to be honest with you, Bo. But you might be honest something though. Of course, it was. It came out on the magazine in August of ninety three. But it came out in box form in '91, so there is. Yeah. By that yeah. time, I figured you know. Sort of
0: an alternative to releasing it as a budget title. Yeah. Uh, you could you could go the magazine cover route.
1: I did not see a, a box for this that was not, that was not in German. I mean, I didn't see like in the back. You know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying so. The you know, there you go. So I'm going to go on the assumption that this never got a a, a full release. I never saw anyone. Uh, on any of the places, the forums or, or whatnot, that wasn't German that said they had to pay you for this. But, you know, there you go. Your mileage may vary. You never you know how that goes. Yeah. Um, again, I, this was published and presumably developed by Italian. Uh They have, of course, they've done the probably the greatest Amiga game of all time. Lionheart was their mm-hmm. baby. But they've done it. You know, I was surprised how much stuff they had just published. as a publisher, Both they published quite a bit of stuff. Some of it's their own stuff. Uh, just to go through a few things they did, they did the A320 Airbus. They did Amber Moon and Amber Star. Uh, they did the Chamber of Shaolin. Remember that one? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Dragon Flight, Ghost Battles, uh, Magic Lions, No Second Prize. That was one of theirs. We looked at that uh, Motorcycle time. game, yeah. Yeah, that was a neat one. Uh, yeah, this thing sold for, it was about 23 pounds or, uh, or 50 U.S. dollars when this came out in Germany. Mm. Uh, the people that worked on this uh, were uh, Michael Bittner, uh, he, uh, Among other things, he he was responsible for some of the art in Lionheart, uh, uh, Airbus, Amber Moon, a lot of the offerings from Thallion. The graphics on this uh, were done by Eric Simon. Of course, we know him uh, from Lionheart. And he also worked on Chamber of the Shallow Again, a bunch of the stuff from Thallion. Uh, the music music in this was uh, Steve Collette, who worked on a game called Campaign and one called Rubicon. So hmm. there you go. Uh, this was an uh, OCS-ECS joint. This was actually converted over from the ST, uh, and, and which is interesting to me. This And the only places that, uh, as far as I could tell, that got releases of this were the Amiga and the ST uh, boat. So let's talk about this game. We mentioned it. We sort of tipped our hand early. Let's talk about the opening of this game, which starts off with uh, it was a picture of like a wall with like multicolored droplets coming down. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the best way to describe it. And it was quite an interesting uh, way to open the game. It kind of sits there for a while, doesn't it? It you know it 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 they don't they're in a hurry to get the game started.
0: Well, right? yeah, you know they mean? want you to watch their opening demo for <clears throat> sure.
1: Yeah. So this thing has a, a I would not say intricate backstory, but it does have a backstory. Uh, and I'm just going to read a little snippet of it here. In the 22nd century, gladiator battles are highly important. All right. In fact, they've taken over all the other sports as the most popular sport. You are the Trex veteran Ryano Bowler. And you've got to fight through five planets with 30 sundry enemies. Uh, and your object of this is to get to the very end where you will fight the guy that, that for all intents and purposes killed your character in a previous battle. You're coming back in disguise to seek vengeance on this guy. And that's the whole goal of the game. Uh, This game actually has uh, five different planets you fight on, and you work your way through each one. Uh, The first two have, basically, you work days. So it'll be day one, and then you'll finish that day, and then day two, and so on, and so on. Uh, The first planet is Brand uh, 6. You've got four days on that. Then you fight the champ. Oceana, same thing. Hades is five. Uh, Then the next planet is Lang 1, which is six days. And finally, you go to Earth. For a seven-day tour, and then you fight the champion. It reminds me of wrestling when you're going to Japan, boat. You're going to you're on stints. Uh, you know, before we get into the game proper, what did you think of the opening, uh, the story, the music, the graphics? What how did how did it hit you, boat?
0: Um, it reminded me a lot of of uh, Ballblazer, to tell you the truth. Um, it uh, I think you know Flack just did a sprite castle on Ballblazer, uh, yeah. Not long ago, I was gonna mention and, that too, yeah. Um, all of the, you know, future sport references combined with the first person perspective, it was hard for me to shake that ball blazer feel throughout. Yeah. Now, of course, the the actual game itself, what you do in the game is different than ball blazer. But um, it, it definitely I wonder if uh, if that was in any uh, any kind of an influence to the people that that created this.
1: Well, I I don't know how they could not have at least been aware of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, let's face facts. In fact, I sent you a note earlier this week that mentioned the exact same thing. So, when you get into the game proper, uh, you are uh, you are set up in your ship, and you and you, f- it's time for the first day of battling on Brand Six. That's the name of the planet. And now, so let's talk about the game and the interface. So, when I first put this game up. I couldn't figure out how to accelerate for the longest time, until I found out that this was a game you play with the mouse. Boy, yes, I'm surprised by that. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I'll be honest with you, uh, but it is. And so, what you do in the game is one is one mouse button fires, and then the other mouse button accelerates. But you 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 don't don't just hit the button to accelerate. You have to move the mouse sort of. You hold it and kind of move the mouse forward a little bit to accelerate and then backwards to decelerate. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll recall a game we did a couple weeks ago, Boat, uh, the, uh, that public domain game we played. Uh, boy, the name, the one I really liked, it was sort of like Defender.
0: Yeah, the 3D Defender. Yeah.
1: This, that, I Alienator. Wish this, that's right. I wish this game had the acceleration of that game because I right out of the gate, and this is going to be a reoccurring theme as I get into this, I hated. Let me repeat this. I hated the acceleration in this game. In fact, I think it ruined the game, personally. Uh, Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. But that's that's the controls. So you start off in a battlefield... With a, I would say the skyline's almost reminiscent of like one of the old Atari Activision games boat that's got mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, what I'm talking about where it has yeah. that kind of sunsetting grad-
0: you know, gradient that, city. Absolutely, that's,
1: <laughs> that's right. You're in a uh, uh, a uh, an arena, a closed in, walled in arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say polygonal? Is that is that about right? And yeah. You, and and yeah. you are you are you are uh, in first person view inside of a tank. Mm-hmm. So you basically see you're looking through a window. And on the right side of the screen, you see how much uh, how much shield you have, how fast you're going, and the temperature that you're putting up with your as as you shoot, uh, because you have to let your guns heat uh, cool down, sort of like a mech warrior type game. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the left side, it tells you your enemies, uh, and then in the middle is sort of a radar. Uh This radar reminds me it's, it's like what would they what would it look like if they had radar for all the items in super Frog that's what it me. this this radar I found mostly useless because there was oh, so yeah, much I, stuff I, on there,
0: mostly useless. This is the most useless radar that's ever been
1: okay, thank you Boat. Yeah. so uh, before we go any further, give me your thoughts on the controls, the interface, and the way it, your your perspective boat
0: I, I didn't have as many problems with the controls as you did. I thought that the controls were okay. Would I have preferred WASD? I mean yes of course. But, Absolutely. Um, but I didn't have too much trouble. Uh, for example, like pretty early on, you have to be able, you you get on one of these jump pads and you have to jump onto uh, one of these walled areas. Yeah. Uh, they include a, a dead stop button, which is the space button. Uh, and that helps a lot because the, the biggest problem is just controlling mm-hmm. your momentum. Um, I didn't, I, like I said, the, the controls were okay. Um, I was very surprised at sort of um, the the speed of the game I thought was impressive. But yeah, at the same time, uh, it it sort of left me lacking. Like, uh, remember, we played that other game that was the 3D game where you were in a uh, a mech suit. Um, you know what I'm talking about? That was sort of the puzzle game that was extremely hard to figure out.
1: Yes. Um, that that yeah. game
0: also moved very smoothly, but it was also populated by more stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of hoping that I would see more stuff. Uh, I guess initially I was disappointed by just sort of the flat environment. Again, it just seemed like Ball Blazer maybe times two instead of times 100 like the Amiga was capable of, you know.
1: Yeah. I, <clears throat> I think the graphically, listen, they've got a nice engine here, I think uh it's uh it's colorful i like the and and as you go to different planets you're going to see different arenas and i mean when i say arena i mean think arena on it in its most basic sense i mean like a real you know a set of walls and there's not it's not like there's a screaming crowd or something no. you know what i'm saying no. Uh, for a so, for a sport
0: that's well, that's wildly popular, nobody's watching it.
1: I'm assuming that they're all at the house. You yeah, know, watching on PPV, right. Because you don't want to you don't want to get near these vehicles. They're exploding and creeps flying around. There's missiles. listen,
0: man, NASCAR. That's what well, it is.
1: But they don't have <laughs> missiles in NASCAR. They don't have not server. yet. Yeah. <laughs> I would make. I would watch NASCAR <laughs> if they had guided missiles or heat seekers. Uh, but so the whole game and this game is one of those games that's not going to take a long time to describe. So you're in your uh, tank, or whatever the, this vehicle is called. You're driving around, and your goal is to take out the enemies that will spawn on the on the battlefield. And then you go wave after wave. And as I mentioned, the waves are split into days. And after you get through all the waves, you'll fight the boss. When I say boss, don't think you're fighting like a giant tarantula that looks like it's like in a mech or a huge Just You fight like a big car, sort of like what you're driving. It's not mm-hmm. like I mean, they—they're different colored or anything, but they're not like—it's not anything super awesome. Um, so, your enemies you're going to encounter are varieties of different tanks. Uh, some of the tanks uh, can. Uh, there are some uh, things that can fly, so you've got those to contend with. They've got. To, I didn't get super far into the game. If I'm honest, I had to cheat, and then I had to watch videos to see the how it went in the later levels because I couldn't get that high. I just was. Listen, I was stinky at this game, alright? I tried. I tried and tried. I was very frustrated when I was playing this game just because I did, did not do well at it, and I would well, watch I'll, videos I'll of playing it, and people were doing great. Why did I suck? I don't know what I did wrong.
0: I think the problem with this game is that they made the incoming missiles too big. Okay? So everything in this game, whenever you have a 3D game, everything's huge because they've got to make it big so it can be you can register with the system, but when you've got an enemy firing at you and your entire screen is taken up by their bullets. Yeah. It's hard to know how to evade that. Yeah. That's a big problem. Now, I mean, I've got several problems with this game, but if we just, if we just focus in on why this game is so hard, I think that that's why I think if they could have possibly figured out a way to make the bullets smaller and give you more time to strategize and get out of the way, um, having a more useful radar having a useful radar would have been very helpful um the way that they put every object on the play field on the yeah. radar yeah like here's the thing about radar you've got to be able to look at it at a glance and it, for it to be
1: useful yeah you
0: can't do that with this radar
1: i'm glad you know listen sometimes i just think well, you're you're an idiot you're you you do not under you don't you're, you're no good at this but i mean the radar i'm like you Like, in the other game, that Alienator, you can look at the radar and instantly you knew everything that was going on. It was perfectly Mm -hmm. done, right? This radar has two... Now, this stuff, some of this stuff's important. It puts out points, because there are various points on the the game board uh, or on the arena that you need to know about. Like, where the bounce pads are, where the power-ups are. But I mean, it's just it's too it's just yeah. there's too much. And here's
0: the thing: at least in the arenas that I played, and yeah. maybe later on in the game, this is a, a different issue. But these arenas are super small. I mean, comparatively to what they might be, you can do a 360 spin and see everything in the arena. You yeah. don't need to be able. To, you don't need that to figure out where the jump pad is.
1: Well, uh, you're right. But there are power ups. I mean, I, listen, I didn't use it for that. Don't get me. I don't want you to think that. Well, Aaron, man, he's really got a, a grip on this. I didn't. All I wanted the radar to tell me is where the enemy was. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the radar and there's like 600 dots, I'm like, oh, That's God. No so yeah. so what happens then? And, and oh, by the way, as this is happening, someone's lighting up your hiney with bullets mm-hmm. because the, the computer comes out of the gates and starts going to work instantly. You don't have time to figure out what's going on. When the game first comes up, it gives you some orientation time, It's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, But, I mean, there's no enemy there. So, you can sort of drive around and look at the field.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, I will say it is nice that they put that in. That's not something that a lot of games put in from this time. So, I do appreciate that. Whether it was necessary on every single level, I think, is questionable. They do offer that on every single level. What what I would have liked, and we say this all the time, is just a dummy arena where you have a bunch of drones that cannot fire upon you that you can go around and you can take pot shots at to work on your skills.
1: My I could get past the radar, okay? I didn't like it, but I could get past it. The, the I could not get past the acceleration in this. I could not do it. And keep it in mind, I've got a... I was playing this on the Mr. with a proper mouse and a, 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 a mouse pad. I was set up. It wasn't like I was using the tank mouse here. And I could not come to grips with the accelerating, deaccelerating thing. I just hated it. It's a stupid way to do it. I you know, you'll recall we mentioned that the people that the guys behind this did no second uh prize, mm-hmm. which was another game that was a motorcycle game with mouse controls. And I thought they worked better in that than this, but even in that, I'm like, we got a joystick here. What are we doing? And this game would be perfectly fine. There is no reason that you need a mouse for this game. There should have at least been I thought, man, surely they put in some kind of ability to turn on the joystick. I couldn't find nothing. Nothing to to turn the joystick on. I just want to push forward to go forward. I don't want a, a little meter yeah. like that. And the fact that you're you're using the mouse for right. multiple well, tasks th- at t- once to add insult like... to
0: injury. I did you watch the end of this game?
1: I did. I did watch. You mean the the very end of the very you, end? So yeah. you
0: see the guy look down at his controls, and he's controlling it with a yoke. Yes, you know? I saw that too. <laughs> he's not controlling it with a the mouse. They should have given you a joystick or a keyboard option. This I would have
1: killed Spot. for, like a a, a road blaster, like a pedal, and like a yoke, like that guy had. I would have killed for that in this game. I mean, I think this game would be a lot of fun. If, and I th- I guess the people that really enjoyed it came to grips with the controls. I just. I just couldn't do it. Um, we should mention, and we would be, Daryl, we didn't mention some of the other aspects of the game here. You know, as you go through the game boat, uh, you're, you're earning credits. Uh, because it's one of those deals where you earn credits to buy goods, all mm-hmm. right? Now, I looked at some of the goods uh, that were on, that were for sale here. Did you actually did you go to the store and floor out this? Because there's some pretty good stuff. I bought some stuff. I don't know if you did you buy anything where you're playing. I did.
0: I did. Um, so, I felt like uh a lot it looks like a lot of games, you really have to save up a lot of money to get the yeah. good stuff, but they they do give you enough cash to get some stuff right out of the yeah. gate. Yeah, you yeah. can buy some missiles, you can buy some health packs. So yeah. yeah.
1: So they got missiles, shockwave, a uh, high energy MK2, like a laser, the turbo XL, GSI which again, this makes you faster. Uh, char- binary Charge 1, the Weapon Cooler, which I was okay with the weapon heat idea, because I've played a lot of, you know, mech games that have that. Yeah. And I think that's, a, I always like that sort of element yeah. to games. Yeah. I have a problem with that. And the fact that you can buy something to make your weapons run cooler, pretty good. The Positronic 2.9, which is, the, yeah, presumably, I never got that, but it helps you have a better grip or move at a better pace. And the Shield Reloader. I will say, I thought they gave you a pretty good amount of shields. I mean, for the most part, I don't have much trouble with this game. I thought they gave you a goodly amount of shields. I thought the store was okay. The credits angle was okay. Listen. You know, I didn't have any problem with any of that stuff.
0: Knowing that this was given away for free on a magazine cover makes me feel a whole lot better about this
1: Right, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Because at at its core, this is a very simple game that is not worthy of a full-priced retail release. It's just not. There's just not enough there. It's an arena fighter where you fight stuff over and over and over again. That's There's not enough here, in my opinion, to make this a 25-pound game. But this is an excellent... I mean, if I were to buy the one and get the issue that this came with and pop this into my Amiga, heck yeah. I mean, that's, that's a bonus. That's great. So I'm not going to bury this game. No. But uh, I think it's a little bit too difficult. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. Uh, and I think that they should have included alternative controls. Yes. And made the bullets smaller as they approach you. If I'm they gonna, would have done that, this would have been a, one of the all-time classic, sort of simple public domain type games out
1: there. I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you how to fix this game. So anyone that goes through and does this, like this is one of those games where you can go and tinker. Here, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what to do. Right. When you when you rig this up for CD32 controllers, that right there instantly makes this a better game. Yeah. Secondly. Uh, and you can't do this, but put a filter, and I've played tons of games, including Mac games, put simply, put a hotkey on the keyboard that lets you filter through what you're seeing on the radar. If I want to see where the bounce pads are, I can put it on full spec. If I just want to see the enemies, just let me hit a button so I see the enemies. I don't need to see all this crap, all right? So that would help. And But the most important thing is, listen, I'll do. they've got to do anything about the speed. I'll take any alternative for this speed, like you said with the controls. Everything else, I think, is pretty good. But what's this game screaming for, Boat? It's one thing that uh, that it doesn't have that games before it did have, which is split-screen multiplayer. Yeah. If you put two people in this arena, then you got something, uh, Boat. Right. I mean, and that was, that was again, here,
0: again, that's what Ballblazer did, and right. Ballblazer was great.
1: Everything here... It's better than Ballblazer, all right. Mm-hmm. The graphics are better. It sounds better. It it plays better. It's more fun than Ballblazer by a country mile. Okay, mm-hmm. it's got all those elements down, but not having two players is a problem. And the thing is with the store and with the way the different arenas, you could actually, this could be a pretty fleshed out two player game.
0: Absolutely. You know, in fact, you can even
1: have two players versus the computer if you want to, which would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Is that asking too much? I don't think so. I I don't think so. The Atari seventy eight hundred could can play two player ball blazer, you know, and and systems a lot lower on the food chain than that can do two players at once. So I'm pretty sure the Amiga could have hacked it brother, Mm -hmm. uh, with two players. I would have liked to have had more tunes in the game. You know, you're a big tunes guy. Yeah, music. or so, You know, we, again, there's another one. I want some. No, I want some fleshed out stuff. Now again, if they're giving it away, but I mean, this wasn't a, originally a giveaway game, right? So it's hard to give it that crutch because they were they were asking money for this thing, so they should have delivered. Yeah, but they were something. they
0: were asking they were asking money for homers. You know, right. it's just like whenever anything comes out of a British studio, people in England fall over themselves to get it. Same thing in Germany.
1: Uh, This game had, did you use the cheat code on this thing?
0: Heck yeah, I used the cheat code. In <laughs> fact, it took me forever to get the cheat code working. Yeah, And then I did a save state because I knew I wouldn't be able to get it working again. Yeah. It, was, it was tough to put in. I'm
1: glad you said that because I had trouble too. If you watch the credits at the end of this game, it says, <clears throat> it says Trex will return in another Italian game. I would be interested to know if he ever returned. I'm, I'm, this came out in 91. They had plenty of releases Yeah, Dalian.
0: I mean, they were just getting started in 91. So. so
1: one would wonder if he if he ever actually came back uh, into the fold here. Uh, we mentioned both that this ca- got a, a dual release, uh, and this came out on both the uh, Amiga and it came over from the Atari ST. If you look at the two games side-by-side, which is if you're watching the video, that's what we're doing. They're very, very similar, aren't they both? Yeah yeah uh,
0: i mean you would be hard pressed to tell the difference between the two
1: i mean i'm looking at these and i it's almost if if i didn't know i had done the video i'd think it was the same video twice mm-hmm. i think the sky yeah. might be a little bit more fleshed out in the amiga a little bit more colorful but mm-hmm. pretty much that's the long and short of that so i don't think you're gonna uh you're gonna make it any better by playing on the st but you might you know without playing it you never know but it looks it in terms of graphically it looks um, almost exact boaster absolutely um so, I first of all I looked this up on eBay. Let's get to that. I found none for sale. I found none of the cover discs for sale, and I found none that had sold anywhere. So, I don't know how rare these are to come by. Uh, I'd wager a box copy of this from Journey might go for a few bucks, you know, having not seen any. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reviews for this were quite generous, uh, if I'm honest about.
0: Let me guess uh, Amiga Joker loved it. <laughs>
1: Well, it's funny you should mention that, Bo, because I've got a score for them here. So, Lemon gave the, the people over at Lemon give this an 8.12, uh, okay. a very high score. Uh, I mean, I, mean, that's, I think that's, it that's is.
0: fair to Midland for Lemon.
1: Listen, if, if that's a higher score than Alien, that Alienator game, well, that's people, no, people,
0: people never play. Listen, we got to stop talking about Lemon scores like they mean
1: anything. They do, they mean plenty because there's a lot of good users that give you good information there. Uh, Amiga Joker gave this a 78. So yeah, for them, that's like an A with 12 pluses. Look up,
0: look up what they gave to the, all the Thalion games. Uh,
1: get back <laughs> what do you them. think that Thallion that they, they love them? Yeah. Hey, Thalion puts out good stuff. What do you want? Just saying. Uh, a, ASM gave this a 75 power play a 74. Uh, so this got pretty good scores uh, in Germany where it was. And it's funny where that it the magazines in, in the UK yeah. didn't never reviewed this. Right. Because it was
0: you, only released as a cover disc.
1: Right. But you think that the one that put it out there might have a, a, a review of it. Now, did we get any Discord action on this book? We
0: did. We did get some Trex Warrior action, man. I'm jumping right to it with speed you can hardly believe. Here we go.
1: (laughs) I can believe the speed, bud. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: (laughs) Lord Soup writes, A great game from Thalion, released in the UK on a cover disc. Take your craft, blow up various kinds of vector bots, and get money. Escape dying enough, and you can buy upgrades for your skiff. Controls with a mouse are slick and responsive once you're used to them. Play on a faster Amiga and the extra processing power is used by the game to smooth out the refresh rate. Although for a filled Vector game, it runs fairly smooth on a stock A500. Great game. Nine out of ten. Oh, Who was that? That was Lord Soup. All right. All right. Keep going. Sky76 says, a great 3D action game with filled polygons and fast arena action that played very well on our stock Amiga 500. Pure fun. Excellent spatial sound effects, smooth controls, simple gameplay. What's not to love about that? 8 out of 10. I didn't notice the spatial sound effects. That would be cool. I I guess I I didn't really see. It would be neat if you could hear things approach from left or right. Yeah, I didn't notice Uh, that either. I was too
1: busy panicking. That's why I didn't
0: hear it. Uh, Duncan Styles writes, Something a bit different for the Amiga. Cool music, simple but fast 3D graphics, but above all, there is good gameplay in there. Thalion putting their 3D engine to good use here. No score. I shall simply say that I like this game. Mm. And Pajaco. He says, again, proving that the Amiga could do Fector 3D stuff with good frame rate. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Epic. Uh, he says, Trex Warrior is a fun, fast-paced shooter with roots in Battlezone. It has great sound in 3D, and the intro sequence is stonking. Stonking, Aaron. I found turning the ship a little oversensitive, but I'm sure I could get used to it. A must-play
1: 8 out of 10. Hmm. You know, I'm going to say this, I, I, after hearing those reviews and reading the reviews, right? Every, this thing's coming out as a solid B, all right, generally, or even an A by some people. There is something to be said, but we've talked about this before, uh, of a, I will say the game is, is a Polygon-based game running on a stock Amiga at a good speed, and, mm-hmm. and we a lot sure. of people mention that in their reviews, sure. right? When you when you're not used to these sorts of games, and you get one that's actually a functional, playable game that runs at a good clip, I can see where that would stick with you over the decades, and make and make you think about this in a great light. Uh, I, I personally uh, wasn't a huge fan, but uh, if you put yourself back in the day and you put this on your machine, I can see where this would blow your mind to a certain yeah, degree. Absolutely, and it's hard. It's hard to get yourself back in that mindset. Yep. Uh, to uh to look at a game like this but i mean yes is it a nice uh, 3d engine it's pretty good uh is the game i mean i said if they could have made easily made the game better it's okay to me but i can see why people love it boaster
0: yeah yeah i always have this game that i play in my mind where i'm like you know (laughs) the the uh the intro sequence and the end game sequence when you finally beat the game are are very well done. And I yeah, just wish that, that they would have good. maybe spent half as much effort on those sequences and filled in, maybe put a little story in between each level, maybe showing your craft, you know, zooming off one planet coming onto another, puts you into the story a little bit more than at the very beginning. And at the very end,
1: I will so. say Thalion does excel themselves. Again, we've talked about no second uh, place. This is uh, these, these, this engine that they've put together, their ability to work in, in, within a 3d area, you know, yeah, I'll give them credit for that. They were working outside the box on a stock Amiga to pull these tricks. So, I salute them for that. But, hey, this ain't no Lionheart, brother, if you know what I mean.
0: Ain't no country club either. Mm-mm. So, Aaron, we move on from Thalion. And, you know, it's been a very, very busy week over on the old YouTube channel. Why don't we the see old, what's been going on over there,
1: man? That old-timey <laughs> YouTube channel, Boat. Holy smokes. Well, let me get my bearings here. So... Let's talk about boy, me and the Brent. We were at it again uh, this week, and we did a little show on. I have to say, both this is one of my favorite shows that we've done in recent memory, the Ohio Scientific Challenger boat. Mm-hmm. What's well, uh,
0: funny, you mentioned the you mentioned NASCOM several times during the yeah. show, and uh, this both this and the NASCOM episode are among my favorites.
1: Well, it's just, you know, when again, you know, the backstory, Brent just randomly picked this like an idiot because he doesn't know, (laughs) did not know what's going on. By the way, Brent just made up about 25 new pie pieces. I am scared to death (laughs) to receive these, and I know they're coming. It's like, oh my God. But the Ohio Scientific Challenger was just a a machine made uh, just right down the road there in Ohio, boat not too Mm -hmm. far from us. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was a mom and pop sort of joint they put together. And uh, this is a fairly capable machine, and they made a ton of machines uh, in the short time they were around. And I really enjoyed this, not so much for the games; the games were pretty much standard fare. But just to look back at the way computers used to be—the wild west of computers, where a cup where smart people could gather and have a chance to put something out there that was going to make them a few bucks, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and ultimately, I would call the in Ohio, Ohio Scientific a a, a success story. They ended up being bought out. So they made, you know, I'm sure they made some bucks on it at the end of the day and were around for a while, a name at least for a good while. So I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I had a good time on this one. So if you're into that, check us out over at ARG Presents. Uh, it was a lot of fun, Boat. Uh, let's take a look here, Boaster. Well, let's talk about me. Hey, I'll, I'm not going to not lie. I love it. Last Friday night, but it went down. It was the Commodore Vic Twenty on the mm-hmm. uh, Friday Night Disaster stream boat. Let me tell you something. I, about half the games I tried didn't work. Uh, boat yeah. on the old Mister.
0: I watched. I watched your stream. That's true. can't
1: but, but here's the here's the beauty part, right? Because I love my people, right? I went and edited that stream down to a tight one hour and thirteen minutes of nonstop action. Oh, Okay. No loading. I'm gonna have to jump back in then. There's no loading. There's no me sitting around going, "How does it work?" <laughs> That's how I roll. So anytime you see one of my disaster streams show up on YouTube, you're like, "My God, what a slick operator!" You're right, but that's because I had to edit it down. Mm. But uh, yeah, we played a lot of uh, of uh, games on the old Vic. I, I hadn't played a whole lot of Vic. Uh, yeah, to be honest me with neither. Yet. Me neither. And some of these games were pretty fun. Uh, I really had a good time with a lot of these uh, bad boys. I mean, it was—I mean, some pretty original stuff in here too, Boat. So if you're into the Vic, or you just think you might dig the Vic, and you just want to watch you know, an hour and about 15 minutes and be playing like about a million Vic games. Like, this is a stream for you. And here with all my buddies in chat, we had a good time. Um, Let's talk about, oh man, here it is. This week's Sprite Castle. Did you catch any of this, but I caught the tail end of it.
0: I have not seen this one yet. I'm going to have to be able to watch games, this weekend.
1: Racing games, boat. Uh, and I'm looking at what he's got on tap here. we were looking at the great 1,000 mile rally, which I've mm-hmm. never been any good at that game. The arcade game. I believe I saw, I saw a little off-road in here. Yeah, you got to have that in there, Boat. Now, that's a favorite of ours. Yeah, it is. Uh, is. We've played that many times. In fact, on the actual arcade machine. Looks like that one gets a lot of play. So, this is another jet, uh, another Jack Flack joint. He's always entertaining. If you get a chance to check this one out, I guarantee you'll enjoy it. Sprite Castle plays racing games. And, and, and an FYI, Boat, uh, uh Flack has recently released his uh, newest... You don't know Flack, and it was about breakfast cereal. That's right. I'm
0: listening to it right now. I Listen to it finished, this morning.
1: I finished it up today, and I'll be honest with you. This is another one of those where I'm like, ah, because I'm not a big like. And by the way, I'm a raisin brand guy myself. Uh, That's but I, good, I, man. I will say I did like the old Pac Man cereal back in the day, uh, but uh, I got to give the Flax their credit. This guy I could talk about. He could do a show on like a man, on a manure salesman. It would be entertaining because because he he's got the gift of gab brother he, he does can work. he does
0: he can he, he makes it work but i mean listen he's got he's got the the ultimate combination of being great on the stick and having a fantastic memory
1: yeah you know no kidding he's yeah. remembered all his breakfast stuff. Right. i can't remember that crap are you kidding me <laughs> good god almighty so anyway check that out that's good stuff sprite castle plays racing games we're gonna skip the patreon song here bo that- <laughs> <laughs> this was this should never be that's, viewed. This that's was just last, last week's, Big weeks. Yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, if so if you want to check that out, uh give it a whirl. Now, you know, uh, we're gonna do a little ditty about this later, but we, we might as well just talk about it now. Uh of course, we've lost Sir Clive this week. Uh Sir Clive Sinclair passed away. I believe it was yesterday boat, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, and uh, I think it was uh, yesterday. Uh he he had been ill for a while uh at boat and finally passed. I think it was eighty one. And so uh, we're going to we're going to do a little bonus show after this one uh, about uh, just a little thing about Sir Clive, kind of celebrate his life. And I put a little video together to show in the background here. So if you're interested, just a little tribute to Sir Clive uh, with some uh, real nice art here from Duncan Styles, uh, Check this out. Uh, it was I just did this on the spur of the moment because I was I felt so inclined because uh, here we are a couple Americans just didn't get a load of uh, news coverage. Here in the states, I don't think I saw it anywhere, but I know I saw it a lot on the net, everywhere, mm-hmm. slash dot, and all the places that you wouldn't normally expect to. So this was a huge deal, yeah. and uh, people look back uh, on Sir Clive with a lot of with a lot of good times and joy in their hearts. So uh, we will miss the great man, and uh, uh, but this is just a little tribute I put. So if you want to watch that, it's about three minutes. You can check that out, Boaster. Now, last on the docket, but certainly not least. It's Frodo back again. Holy smokes! The, it's like Frodo. It's like what would Aaron want to watch? And he every week <laughs> when I look at when I go to see what we've got on our channel, I'm like uh, I'm like holy crap! And this is another one. The first years of the Atari 7800 boat. Now we both have 7800s. Yes, uh, and we both have uh, some gains to 7800. Big pile it, of cards. It is not what I would call a much ballyhooed system, is it, Boat?
0: No, no. I mean, it, it does have its fans. It does have its fans. It's and, definitely more ballyhooed than the 5200.
1: Yeah, and it well, be it's backwards compatible with the 2600, so it's got that going for it. Mm-hmm. It's I and mean, listen, it's got Ninja Golf. It's got Food Fight. It got the only home port of Matt Mania. Uh, so I mean, it's got something going for it. It's got a heck of a version of asteroids on it. Mm-hmm. It's got a decent version of Galaga on there. There's some games on it, man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, the first years would have been actually. This thing had been sitting in a in a in a, in a shelf for a couple years before the first right. years of a release. So I believe I believe file. it was
0: originally slated for release in late 1984. Like, so. Look at
1: that Miss Pac-Man boat. which is beautiful. Uh, which if this
0: thing ahead. would have been released on time, yeah, you know, it could have been a different world, man.
1: Zevious, I mean, listen, this thing can go. So, uh, and once again, much like Flack, Frodo is Commander Entertainment. Mm -hmm. I should mention both that uh, as of the recording of this, uh, and I'd say the day this comes out on YouTube, uh, Frodo will be in the the midst of his uh, 12-hour marathon to celebrate his subscriber count. Uh, So pop over and check out Frodo and Ella's uh, Twitch channel uh, on Saturday, uh, this will be Saturday, September 18th. And uh, give him some love, Boat. Yeah. He's going for it. I'm going to be in there when we're not doing ICC to uh, give this man some love uh, because he's a good guy, and he deserves a lot of people to be in there on his big day. So good job, Frodo. Congratulations, my friend. I think that's all we got here, Boat. Did you and the, the Neilster get in anything this week?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we released the show on Saturday, and, of course, we were talking about what uh, was – one of the biggest stories to break in the entire retro scene over the past month or so, this is the uh, the WADA and Heritage Auction collusion, uh, where you know it's been alleged that uh, WADA is essentially working with Heritage Auctions and setting up uh, shill bidding to raise the price artificially of their sealed games. Uh, and so uh, we we talk about the uh, the report that came out on YouTube. From uh, Carl Jopst or however you say his name, and so we, we talk about that. Uh, the, here's an interesting little story, Aaron. We talk about uh, these new arcade one-up junior cabinets. <laughs> you uh,
1: guys buried these things.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it, you know, this is this is nostalgia. It's, it's playing on a market of nostalgia for things that happened, you know, 40 to 50 years before kids that are supposed to be using these things were born. It would be like giving your kid an old-timey radio and tell them to go to town. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I
1: listened to this part of the show. If I could, if I could just pop in. For, I, I want to make a hot take on this. Okay, man. Now, I'll grant you, these things are probably overpriced. But it's been to my knowledge over the years and if you set a little kid down in front of a very simple game Mm -hmm. that they will get a lot of pleasure out of this i remember sitting down with luke and playing berserk for example and Mm -hmm. he would play it over and he thought this was great so i suspect if i put the right game on a little arcade sheet like that in a little tiny kid's room that may get some play i don't think they're just gonna necessarily instantly kick it to the curb Now, that much said, these things have a shelf life um, with the kid. There's no doubt about that.
0: And it also, like so many other things, depends on what the kid is already using. If this is the kid's first video game, they're going to think this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. Uh, But if the kid is already well-versed on the tablet, if they've got the iPad, if they're playing Roblox, this is going to be of limited, limited appeal, I believe. Yeah. But, I mean... Are the, the one up arcade arcade one up people? They they mint money like it's going out of style, and I'm sure these things are going to sell like hotcakes because uh, you know tons of parents are going to want to foist their memories and their games onto their kids. So well, I think wish that's them the best. What it is? Yes. Them? What else could it be?
1: I mean, I got my kid to play that stuff, and he he likes it. You know, you're talking about a kid who plays Spectrum games, but I don't necessarily think I forced him into it. I think he just. I think some kids dig it. You know, some kids don't. I will say this. All right. If you look at a full-size one-up arcade game, right, without the pedestal,
0: mm, I'm looking at one right now.
1: It can't be much bigger than that, and one would wonder why you wish you wouldn't get your kid one of those. <laughs> That's uh, it is,
0: it is much bigger than that. These things mean, are only thirty-six. These things are only thirty-six inches high. That's three feet high, Aaron.
1: I guess what I'm saying is, like, you could get a little kid a chair, and they could play those, and they right. would. You would have a lot more longevity. Like this thing, if the kid grows at all, they're going to look like a hunchback trying to play yeah. Pac-Man and stuff. So yeah, I yeah. wonder about the brilliance of that. But they, but they it was well, they're not, they're not
0: thinking long term. You know, they're they're looking to make a quick buck. That's yeah. what they're they're in business like everybody else is. So anyway, you can check that out. And we, of course, it was our fiftieth episode of this. Yeah, weekend, congratulations, Bud. and Neil. Um, we uh, so we just kind of looked back on uh, the good times uh duncan put together a pretty pretty funny uh, blooper reel yeah uh that, I you enjoyed can, that you can page through and uh, so yeah uh congratulations to my co-host neil uh and uh we hope to do 50 more so this I week couldn't
1: believe I could here's the stunning if, if if anything came out of this show I couldn't believe that somehow duncan had captured some point in time where neil screwed something up I'm baffled <laughs> by that because he's a smooth operator. It really happens. That's it rarely, really happens. It's already you know. I guess before we move on, but there, I should go ahead and talk about the International Computer Club. Oh, it's yeah. as good a place as any. So, uh, less it, than
0: twenty-four hours away, Aaron.
1: Yeah, uh, the International Computer Club is a little thing that we put together boat because we had a computer club that kind of like we couldn't meet uh, because of the things that were going down with the pandemic and whatnot, and so we thought it might be fun to you know, do a one on the, on the computer, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, lo and behold, uh, we put this together, you know, uh, uh, and, and we've had a good time with it. I think this will be like the fourth one boat that we're trying. Uh, It's going to be, as we're recording this, it'll be tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern standard time. That's September 18th at 6 6 p.m. Eastern standard time. Uh, We'll be broadcasting this thing on Twitch. Uh, if you're in our Discord, you can join us in Discord uh, via the uh, I International Computer Club uh, voice channel. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, a good lineup. Boat. I think we've got about six or seven people that are going to be putting stuff out there. And Chris is in there, and Doug, and Graham, mm-hmm. and and uh, David. Z, a bunch of people uh, are in there. And I was I was pleased as punch to uh, to see the the people come in because I was I didn't know if we had left enough time to get people interested this time around. You never know with these things. I always wonder if we're going to do, be doing the last one. Because every time, I'm like, you know, what are people going to do? Want to do another one. But people seem to be kind of into it, you know? Yeah, man. And, and so uh, uh, it should be a good time. Oh, yeah. Dave's going to. Oh, I know what Dave's got in store. I'm not going to tell it. It'll be fun. Oh, uh, listen, I, I've
0: been preparing for this mentally for the past month. In other words, you I bought am...
1: a bottle of whiskey is what you're saying.
0: Several. <laughs> so... I am going to be large and in charge of the International Computer Club. I cannot wait.
1: Well, I I hope it'll be fun. I hope everybody has a good time. So uh, that will be tomorrow again at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Everyone's invited. If you're on the Discord, pop on in. Even if you don't have anything to to, uh, talk about, you can just pop in. And if you you, uh, want to, you can uh, talk. Or if not, you can just sit there. And we'll also have uh, uh, the Twitch stream going. So it's Double Trouble Boat. That's tomorrow night. Should be a lot of fun, my friend.
0: Sounds good. All right, Aaron, it's time to talk about the most popular part of the show, and that is the Patreon song challenge. Is
1: that what that is?
0: That's what that is. <laughs> well, you know, people mostly tune in, I've heard, to just listen to the Patreon song. They don't really know what the Amiga is, nor do they care. They just know that a gifted songster is is forming his craft.
1: No, it's crap. I agree with that.
0: So uh, last week's Patreon song was Cemetery Gates by the Smiths. By the Smiths, Aaron. Do you consider the Smiths to be college music? You got that right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What a dumb question. <laughs> so I want to congratulate Mitsuyama, Hermsky, Eric Nelson, Jigglebox, Pack Billy, and Z9K9. And Eric Nelson well done. plucked. He plucked a line from the song. He said, "If you must write prose and poems, the words you use should be your own."
1: Oh God!
0: And so that's I what he I did. His
1: hand when he plucked that thing out of the song.
0: That's what I do. I I change. I play the same music, but the words, of course, are my
1: own. <laughs> just sorry, HMI <laughs> just amused me. HSI, uh, go ahead, boat.
0: So, if you know the answer to this week's Patreon song challenge, send me an email at john at amigospodcast and uh, I will read your name on the air as a winner next week. If you are watching live in the chat on Twitch, or if you're watching this on YouTube, the only way you need to send it to me, don't post it in the chat. Just send me an email. And that's that's how you get on. So anyway, here we go. Take it away. The June Bugs with our newest song, Hit It.
2: Lily <laughs> Richardson, David, Hearn, Chris Edwards, Ramo, K. Okay, Ramo, okay. K. David, Terrace, Jude, Carlos, Matthew, Mobius, The Phantom, Magnus, Seth, Yates, Alistair, Fee, Christian, Russell, David Z, George Rosansky. The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Famicly, Crazy, Loomis, William, Venterscar, Heavy Systems Inc., Bunty, Lord Mark Violent, Olavo, and the Jonah, AK Simula, Alien Raptors, Calvert boy Lane Sun, Luke Hudson, Junker, Bomb the Face Frodo and out Soul and Slicer Tech Jurgen, Mr. Cole Bernard, Lucas, Jerry, Dinnington, Zorg, Sorglove Reflections, Girl, Simon Lesh Captain Crispy, Bites, Captain. Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Bob Stern, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle. Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore and Andy Craig, Sean Zoltan, Bark Pit, Andrew Mount Show the Zombie, Late Allen Alan Check Pacheco, De, Level o, John on Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosa, Creepy, Dead Boy, Thank You nor Norris, Stephon, Sorgon, Mortensen, Edmund, Helen, Christopher, Hassel, Ravi, Adam Chris Foles, Lauren, Giroux, Graham, Bev, Adam, Radice, B. O'Brien, Redford, Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Stiles, Taves, from the crib. Josh never bad leads you on this whole Eric Nelson Kim call me home Daniel Binks brutal Barry through the Jason Woods fixes a thon till hope your Bar.
0: All right so, we want to thank a Lob, mm. Lob, Lob, lob Sturman, uh on the keys, doing some great synth work there. Mm. Graham Vebke, who appears courteous of, or uh, Cur- courtesy. <laughs>
1: he is courteous. Uh, to he does appear, he appears courteous and he appears
0: <laughs> courtesy of Red Symbols.
1: Both these guys and are courteous to you. Th-
0: that's true, that's true. Uh, and I'd like to thank myself.
1: <laughs> I would like to throttle yourself. <laughs> Horrible.
0: so. Um, what we're going to do next, Aaron, is we're going to take a look at our high score challenges that are going on right now on the old mm. Discord. Right now, the Amigos high score challenge is going on right now. It is Mind Walker, that early, early release by uh, for the Amiga. That I think it's a 1985 release. Not too many of those. Uh, Pajaco's got a score up there, along with Z9K9. Over on the Specky high score side of things, we are playing Mikey. All month, getting ready for the next episode of Our Sinclair. This game.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, once again, Z9K9 and Pajaco have scores up there, but feel free to put your own up. Uh, I think maybe tomorrow, as I'm preparing myself for International Computer Club, I'm going to submit some scores to both these challenges just to get my name on the board. I know I've got no no hope of winning, but I enjoy it, man. I you know, enjoy if you'd it.
1: asked me, if you'd said, listen, what's the game that there's no chance it's a a brother? That would have been right near the top of the list right there. I
0: agree. I agree. All right. Now, Aaron, it's time to thank our lovely, lovely Twitch subscribers. If you're watching the show right now on Twitch, chances are you know some of these people. We got some of Sausage. Am I hmm. Steph? Wishbone, Pie Gravity, Oil of Hope, Arctic Cube, Macintosh Librarian, Zoin Suck 1, Worlds oh. of Rogue, Negsol Vector Funk, Chris Edwards Restoration, Beach Bum 7, Scumboy, Jason Warns, Memories of a Spectrum Gamer, Jigglebox, Dryer Lent 17, Stormy 97, 70, 79, Wow. 70. Long Shank 7 Gary Hucker, Rushi, MSX,
2: oh, Datadog
0: Roosh. UK, John Marshall3, Happy Coding ZX, Mitsuyama, Twilight Zoner, Zezer, Zezer Fall, R Typer, Explorer, Buck Owens, Wide World of Retro, Math Dufort, Mindrax, Rob O'Hara, Deadlouse75, L Curtis Boyle. All hail. Eeyore, 4077, Zadamune, Blue Train, 48K Ram, Captain Chaos DK, Still Adolescing, Knight Rider 82, Piplo, Paul Kitching, Gary Heather, Amiga Live, Great Algae, G, Lobsterminator, McChessers, Duncan Styles, Frodo and NL, Barkbit, Lumen 808, Rod CL34, O-ROM, HSEI Ken, Uber Scuba Diver, Blow Jellyfish, Daha Crabs MTG, Robin Wendell, Mike Ea 3000, and Octo.
1: You became a DJ there did you the know that list. You were really getting into it. <laughs> Man, what a lineup, eh? Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. That's the all-star cast, Boat. Holy smokes.
0: All right, Aaron. Next week. Next week's a big, big week on Amigos. We are going to be taking a look at one of your favorite games, Aaron. One of mine? No. It's a Boat and Aaron Pick Week, and we're playing Primal Rage.
1: Mm. Yes, that's one of our most popular videos, by the way. Is it really? Yeah, it is. I don't know why. (laughs) That's awesome, dude. Primal Rage. I I got nuggets of information to lay down on the Primal Rage. Beautiful. I
0: can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks, as always, for watching.
2: We'll see you next time. Until then. Adios. Adios.